24 in, right now on the oh, screen. Okay. All right. So eat my shorts. <laughs> well, he's 24. He's great. You know, he quit acting after 9-11 because he was like, I want to be a teacher now. Do something meaningful, you know. Uh, he was in Leprechaun, which is, I don't know. Was he? Was he? Who did he play? At um, and he's our Star Trek connection. Um, he, I don't know. He was 24 years. He Leprechaun, Space Chase. He would play Chucky in shots where the killer doll was seen walking in 1988. Chuck, Chucky's Child Play. Wow. That's the first one. Um, in Children of the Corn 666, he comes back, but he co-wrote it with his cousin. That's great. Well, people must be bothering him all the time about this movie because he's so good at it. He was also Cousin It in the Adams Family franchise. Oh, well, wow. I thought I recognized his face. <laughs> with all the hair? Yeah, and the, so the bowler he, cap. Um, he, he quit acting and became an English teacher in Santa Clara, California. Um, oh, right nearby. Yeah. Oh, now now the radio station's not fun anymore. Oh, last thing. He's our Star Trek connection. He was on Voyager. Whoop-dee-doo! Did he reprise the Clint Howard role of, like, the Brainiac Kid? <laughs> right. So what's in the suitcase? Do you, did you see the Clint Howard clip ever? Uh, I've seen the photo of him dressed up as Egghead. Well, yeah, he was an Egghead. It's a good clip. You should... You should. Uh, well, well, I mean, I've seen him say in interviews say like people come up to me and I'm like, it was just one episode on Star Trek. Well, okay, in that episode, there was like a horrible, scary guy in a spaceship, and he was making a lot of trouble for the Enterprise. And then when they find him in the end, he's just this little kid. It was all like a. Not a puppet, but a simulation kind of thing, you know? And he's like, he isn't a little kid. He was just a wimpy old man. I don't know how to describe it. You got to see. Okay, now this guy is R.G. Armstrong, and he's a serious real actor. He's, you might know him from Predator as the General Phillips or Pruneface and Dick Tracy. But he was oh, in yeah. Reds. He was in Heaven Can Wait. This guy's for real. I don't know what he's doing in this film. Hey, he's probably doing a day's work and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's 40 years career. He had to take some stuff that was the day's pay and get the fuck right. out. He shot all his stuff in one day. He shot all his wow. stuff. Wow. All right. All right. There we go. Called it. <laughs> but he's localized to this area. He's in a few scenes right now. So now what it is is like he doesn't say we got a dead kid, but he's like, we need to use your phone. Got no phone. You know. Right. The nearest town is three miles, but you better not go there because Gatlin, because they're religious folk. So 15 miles away is Harris fuck the bird or something. You know, you ever see the movie Cabin in the Woods? It came out maybe like eight years ago, whatever, ten years ago. Cabin in the Woods? No. Yeah, I? So, yeah, you should check it out. It's So yeah. these, these kids, these teenagers go to a, a cabin in the woods. Oh, it's called harm. Cabin, not Kevin. No, no, nothing to do with Kevin. Cabin. It's called Cabin in yeah. the Woods. C A B I N can wait. Oh, Cabin can wait. Yeah. <laughs> cabin in the Woods, but they, they do a take of the crazy guy in the gas station right before the cabin. Mm -hmm. the, the kids always drive up to. 
There was this great movie with John Stewart in which they were mistaken as hicks. Like, the, the, was it the, 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 there the were Tucker, Tucker teenagers, and right? And and they were gonna like go on a trip, and it was all a misunderstanding, you know, like it was Tucker and Dale versus Evil, maybe. <laughs> maybe it was a lot of fun. I don't trust this dog. Hey, I better check willthedogdie.com. Well, he definitely dies, and he, you know, like the corn is mad for some reason. And and old man is like, I didn't tell him nothing. And the dog will go to, like, fuck with him and get killed. Now, they were going to have a severed dog head. But because of budget constraints, uh-huh. you just have a bloody bandana. Did oh, right, because he was wearing a bandana. I was wondering why that dog was wearing a bandana. is to kill it. <laughs> okay, like, children Come on of back, Ruski. Does the dog die.com? Children of the corn. He dies. Oh, you know, I think I, I have to wait for it to stop buffering. Okay, here we go. Does the dog die? Yes, 38 people voted. The dog runs off camera, and as soon its bloody handkerchief appears on top of a car. Now, they keep, they're going to Hemingford, yes. right? But as they drive towards Hemingford, it's going to say Gatlin closer and closer and closer. They went the other way. So for some reason, they're driving to Gatlin now. So someone must have just made these signs as opposed to them. Fuck with them. They got the wrong wrong address. No, but it's more, and then they're going to wind up right back at the gas station where they started. Like the demons got them looping around in a circle, trying to get them to Gatlin. Oh, I got you. But there'll never be anything else like that in the whole film. I I thought the kids did it, like set up these signs so they can trap adults for their little rituals. No, these guys are not welcomed and not expected. They're called the interlopers, the outs, outlanders. They're outlanders. The outlanders. Yeah. Hey, outlander. Hey. Right, because the outlanders are the ones who show up during the season, like during the summer and stuff. But the uh, well, they're there all year round. There was a South Park in which these two people come to an abandoned town with only kids. And they they do the they do some of the lines like Outlander we have your woman she still lives <laughs> we have your woman yeah yeah hey a woman that's Linda well, Hamilton they, they talk re- they talk religiously in this he is who doth it have it the woman oh come on he's like that what are you guys oh he's talking to the demon. Yeah, he's saying, I didn't tell him nothing. You know that. I didn't break our agreement. They, they keep him alive because they want the gasoline. I kind of don't get it. but They keep him alive. They didn't kill him even though he's an adult because he gives he gets right. them gasoline. But he doesn't really care. He's just there with his dog. It isn't until they show up. He's like, oh, now I'm scared of your wrath. <laughs> well, somehow, like, the demon's angry at him. Because he talked to them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's what it is. Now he'll find the bloody rag instead of a dog's head. <laughs> but it so does mean gross. the same thing. Your dog it's, is dead. You know, we, we killed your dog, and then we opened up the hood when you weren't looking, and then we threw in the bloody thing in there. 
Well, not we. You mean we like the kids? Because yeah, I think this is all the demon. It's unclear to me, Carl. Understood. Feel, it feels like that. Well, I guess there was no fingers in the bushes when from the camera angle. But they do the. That's right. They made the wind go, and right. they, there was a lightning and a thunderous, you know. But there was no kids involved in there. You don't now, see them skirmish. Kids will be involved in a moment because Malachi's going to come and kill him. And that makes uh, he who walks behind the corn angry with Malachi. They need his gasoline, apparently. Malachi just likes to kill, kill, kill. He's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like, well, we killed all these adults. We killed a librarian. Why can't I go ahead and kill uh, this guy? Put it down. You ever shish a librarian? <laughs> Can we try it? Uh, hello, welcome to Montclair State University Library. Uh, I'm your librarian, Mike. Okay, I'll be the librarian. You be the person. Okay. Oh, all right. There, there is no smoking in the library. Hang on, I'm almost done. I haven't had a stogie in a long time. No, you're supposed to shush me. This was oh, your joke. No, I didn't yeah. forget. All right, right. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, you you were funny with that. All right, go ahead. I ripped what you said. I didn't say the joke. I, t I took it to a, the open mic, and it, it killed. It killed. You're my best writer. You're better than me. You're better than me. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so you went to the library. And, uh, right. I, it's your um, joke. Did oh. you ever shush a librarian? Like one time I was in the library, and the librarian came right up to me, and she said, sir, there's no smoking in the library. And I said, shh. Love it. Just kept well, I also have a – you know how you could ask a librarian – I went up there and I said, can I use your microwave? And they told me to get out. And I said, oh, is it because it's that noisy one with the timer? With tick, 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 tick. I eat the dings. You can't use that. Okay, I'll have to rewrite that for the open mic, but I'll try. No, no, I think what you said was funny. And if I said it and gave it to you and you used it and worse, then don't let me get involved in it. Oh, Mike, I'm always stealing from you. Always. <laughs> I have so many jokes. Hey, that are it's yours. good. I haven't been on stage. At least my material's out there. Now, you remember that video I made once with all of yeah. your jokes? Yeah, I love that. The one that you didn't write, but you did. But since that time, there's at least another five minutes of only Mike Spiegelman jokes. Maybe I'll do that again. I took two jokes and I combined them together, and I also took out the Polish references. Mm. So uh, I went into this. A, a store and I said I'd like to have a, uh, uh, a, a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise and pickles and the guy said are you Polish? I go why? because I like bologna <laughs> he goes no it's a dry cleaner so that, that's oh, the oh this is a dry cleaners alright alright okay so you're right back where they started again driving through the fields trying to get off the highway It's it, the spirit is like keeping them there which doesn't make sense because he doesn't want them there. It's I never got a sense of that. I never got a sense of that. I just thought like uh, I thought the kids set it up as like like because they get stuck in the corn and I thought it's like a corn maze in there. Analogy, and that analogy. You know when you compare something to another thing, it's an analogy. analogy. It's an analogy. So right now. Bryce, uh, Bryce University graduate in English. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to Montclair State. I went to Brandeis University. Brandeis, Brandeis English, yeah. English graduate. That was last century. It is a valley. That was, that was last century. Look at this 
So he's 24 years old, and he's like playing a 12-year-old hellbound creature. Yeah. He's killing. He's killing. He's the best part of this movie. Right now, he's given the the preacher talk. You know, it's a sermon, essentially, but it's like happening in real time. He just got talked to by God, which isn't really God, as we know. Yeah, so that's the last adult there has turned into a skeleton. So the interlopers are coming. Yeah, it's the – well, it's – no, he's the cop who originally tried to, like, burn down the field. When they first started killing, you know. Oh, and gotcha. they, yeah. So he's three years old, rotten up there. He's a special sort of like religious thing. This is what happens. You try to kill the demon. Oh, you get crucified, and then your clothes remain the same, but your body turns into a skeleton. Right. A lot of these kids are locals to the Iowa town. Yeah, you can tell they're still at the 4-H uh, turns on them. <laughs> And there's um a, there's scenes where like the demons like burrowing through the ground, and it's like Boy Scouts, local Boy Scouts in Iowa, like dug the trenches. Wow, anything for this movie. Yeah. One one thing I noticed about this movie is how cavalier they are with knives. Like you notice, like the kids will be sitting there with a knife, and they're holding the blade. Yeah. <laughs> you see it right behind the uh, Isaac. Don't point at me, Isaac. I don't know if they're all props and they're just like, have fun, kids. They got a lot of weapons on them. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're like rubber, right? Rubber. I mean, it's a it's a film. Where are you gonna get a rubber sickle prop? The rubber sickle prop store. Oh, the one in Iowa, Western <laughs> City. Listen, I bought rubber knives. Tom <laughs> Crowe used to have a lot of them when he would film. Yeah, I remember all the rubber knives. Especially the ones that will like when when contact they would like recede, so it looked like you were getting stabbed. Listen, if you needed a rubber, Tom Kroll was so was the man. He we, we that's the place to go. He was the uh, drugstore of Montclair, New Jersey. The pharmacist is like <laughs> Oh corn. So the basically now they're rolling into Gatlin and they're like, fucking nobody's here. There's no welcoming committee. Delacona. Right, there's no Terminators there. But no, there's a lot of corn stalks everywhere we'll see soon. Oh, see, there's the little kids. With their sickles. Yeah, they all have weapons. It's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> and they just said, here, here's a bunch of props. Go, go create, hopefully props, go create. So um, this um, Hal Roach Studios bought the rights, and Kingstart himself wrote the script for it. Oh, great. They hated it. They hated it. Okay. King's script started with 35 pages of Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. Oh, how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so, wasn't that The Shining? No, they were happy in the car ride. Well, it, no, but... 35 pages, Mike, a, a film, a script a pages script. a minute. They, they had so much happening before the opening credits. Like, I wouldn't mind a little pacing. Wait, Slow you want to argue now? Just I, You're so contrarian to me just because I say something. You want to argue, right, that them arguing in the car for 35 minutes is a better <laughs> film than this. It's called Children of the corn, and I would just want 35 minutes of that movie where they don't talk about children or corn whatsoever. 
You'll get it in the beginning when they're arguing. Okay, so um, Hal Roach said, fuck that, no way. And he hired a guy named uh, Goldsmith. And this guy, George Goldsmith, wrote uh, Horse Five, Nowhere to Hide, I don't know, Hill Street Blues episode, Hot Child in the City. I, I don't know. He didn't write films you've heard of, but uh, he was a pro. And he I've heard of to... Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. Out of all of them, I've heard of Hill Street Blues. I've and... heard of Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Well, he wrote one of those. Oh, yeah, which one was that? The one where, let's see, the chief has a drinking problem. It's the one where it starts with the theme song, it goes. You're watching Hill Street Blues. So now they're trying to find somebody. They're trying to find somebody. They want to say, look, we got a dead kid Bye. in the car. He was murdered. Please take him to the coroner's office. And they also have blood on the on the front of their car that the, the mechanic noticed. The mechanic did notice. He didn't yeah. say anything. He's like, you guys, you, no, he did. He said, you guys better keep driving. Like before he told oh, him to that's go to. that's why he said it? Yeah, they, they had a glance and there was like red ketchup all over the yellow car. Mm -hmm. It looked like a hot dog order. That looks like a taxi, right? Yeah, it's a monster of a car. All, all the radio has are just creatures. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, AM. Okay, they saw the like door close on this house. It's here's somebody. Let's at least use their phone. Right. Should we park this close to the the tree? I'm a little on the fence about that. <laughs> You're, yeah. Should we park so close to this fence? Oh, well, I guess we're on the fence about that. Ooh, let's see. How dirty, right? Does he recognize the cameraman on the other side? Uh, the internet tells me there's lots of that in this film, continuity things like you see people from the set uh, in the reflections, yeah. But I seen this film, this is my fourth time, and I did not notice any of that shit. There's also boom mic sightings and stuff. I missed them all. He does a lot of interesting things, like we saw the reflection of uh, a lot of the action on car windows, and uh, mm -hmm. traps of cars windows, these windows. So the guy who wrote the film that said that uh, this is a metaphor for the Iranian Revolution, the takeover of the town by quasi-religious zealots acting for an evil god based on the Ayatollah Khomeini and his revolutionary guard taking over Iran. Burton Vicky became analogous, analogous to the American hostages. Exposing the dangers of uh, evil religious fundamentalism. Yeah, you just can't have a single movie in the 80s with that many politics attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, there's Jiffy Pop, untouched. Cool. Yeah, it's just on the stove. I'm about to make some Jiffy Pop. Uh, well, I did that once with my kids, you know, because they would do yeah. the microwave one. I said, oh, like when I was a kid, and we did it once, and they're like, wow. And then they were never interested. Nah, just get the microwave stuff. Yeah, it's a big ordeal. Oh, it's great for camping trips. I had a fond memory of my father going out to Jiffy Pop on one of those, like, you know, state park uh, yeah. uh, barbecue pits that they have, uh, little setups. 
and he put it and it just burnt the fuck out of it almost immediately. Like it just turned into this big black cloud. It was great. Like it went boom, like a pimple. Like it was so much heat. <laughs> and he just threw it away, you know? He just let it cool and tossed it. So now they're going to come upon Sarah. Okay, so these are the Monopoly kids. Yes. This is the this is the crayon girl from the beginning of the movie. Yep. Sarah. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Which was this? 84, 82 was the Terminator? Uh, 84. I don't remember. You you could be right, it's 82, but, but it was like on the earlier side of the 80s, yeah. Yeah. He's good in the last uh, uh, Terminator movie. That was Fury. a terrible film. That was a terrible yeah, but she was, she was good in it. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, she that did it. Good, it wasn't a good movie, but she got this. She kicked ass, and she was like kind of the center of the film. I liked Terminator Genesis. Many people did not. I thought it was really action packed and good. Oh, look, so, all right, so check this out. So there's all these murders, kids draw murders, and he's like, huh, he <laughs> who walks behind the rose. What about the murder pictures above it and to the right? That don't have time for it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. His eyes. Yeah, there's a guy with a knife in his hand. <laughs> now. Yeah, he's just like, oh, whatever. Nice Weird. museum. Weird. I guess they didn't have any room on the refrigerator, so they had to put the paintings in the museum. Delacona. No, I'm just Sarah. The Sarah, Sarah but of the corn. Looks like Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. No, not in the. I'm Vicky. I'm Vicky in this film. She's like a badass in the last one. She's got like a motorcycle jacket and a motorcycle. Yeah. And she's got like boobs goggles and she's all, let's go, let's ride. <laughs> now, she draws pictures that predict the future and she's going to draw a picture of uh, Vicky getting hauled away by the, you know, the kids. But we don't see that until after it happens. I think it would have been much better in the script if we saw it before. Oh, much better for Bert and uh, her if they saw it now, Victoria. Because she does see it ahead of them kidnapping her, and she goes, what is this? But we, as an audience, don't see the picture till after. They didn't make a big deal out of the picture. But they do that horror thing where, like, the, all the kids know they're coming. You know, like, the victims don't know realize that Everyone's been waiting for them to show up, and they show up, and they all, you know, like, what? What? Who are you? And they're like, yeah, we knew, we knew when adventure coming. You're right. This is one of those films. That, uh, Job and Sarah do know that. Well, the kids too. Isaac was like, these kids are coming. According to this crayon picture, these kids, these they're driving a yellow <laughs> car with a happy sun above them. That's right. And happy corn stalks. And happy corn stalks and little bees. This we can't have. Right. Little bees. <laughs> the nice, beautiful. Oh, and then like rip bloody knives and smiling waitresses. I think the waitress might be Rebecca, right? There's a girl who later on who like attacks them. Yeah, she's got curly hair. And the, her attack at the way end of the film was tacked on. It was never in the script. The director's like, we need something more. We need a one last punch. We need one last scare. And they right. just wrote it. They had the Terminator pop up out of, like, he thought he was dead, and he comes back out. 
So he's like, you stay here with her. I'll go find, he says he's going to town hall to find a phone or something. But he never goes to town hall. He goes to the no, school. I think he does go to town hall. He wasn't in the, in the school? No, that's, I think that's the municipal building. He walks out and it says town hall. Okay. Oh, it says it? Oh. Okay. We'll have to check for sure. Coming right up. What a lousy record player. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the hand is down. What, did you ever have a record player where it was spinning even though you don't have the knee? Well, the hand yeah. was at rest. It's just not play. There were those cheap record players in which it was, yeah, it didn't sense it from the, the arm. You know, you had to just turn it on with a, yeah. with a toggle. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's a kid's one. Oh, yeah. For old-timey kids. 1950s. <laughs> Look at her dress. It is like that. Oh, I'm going to draw. Look at this. Like, people with a gun. See? See? Galen's. All right. Galen's cool. Train. It doesn't make any sense. He said he was going to the municipal building. But he's looking for the kids. What the hell are all those corn stalks doing everywhere? Oh, man. This looks like Montclair High School. These guys have had three years since the initial killing of the adults to like fuck around and put right, right. Everywhere. They go to all the towns. So now he's left the school. So maybe he ends up at the municipal. He goes to church, right, and then all these little There's rats. Children of the village of the dam. Creepy little kids. Malachi's coming with the sickle. The Linda Hamilton. That sickle got so much play. I think that's probably why there's so many sequels. It just kind of clicked. Makes me sickle. Yeah, in all the adver um, in all the ads, you would always see the sickle against the corn husks. Right, because they'll say children of the corn. You go, oh, that's not corn. And they'll be like a sickle. You're like, oh, yikes. A sickle <laughs> that got corn. I didn't realize it could be used as a weapon. Except for the Grim Reaper, I guess. He, didn't, he doesn't have a sickle. He's a specter. And the Soviet flag. Yeah, he's got, right, he's got another harvesting tool, but it's super long, right? right. And it's That's shaped. what he reaps. Reaps yeah. souls. Oh, reaps. Yeah, so he's the reaper. He's reaping, he, not wheat. It's... Oh, look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> Even though nobody lives there. So that's not like Hal Roach Studios where they shot like all these uh, silent movies. Uh, no, there were three towns in Iowa. Uh, I have the locations here somewhere, and um, there were some in ca in California. Uh, all these little kids are all like. There's only a dozen kids, but they're all like right where the cameras are. Yep, they used them. Here it is. It's Hornick. Iowa, Whiting, Iowa, Salix, Iowa, oh, wow. and Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. So maybe he's in the municipal building now. He is. He is this town hall. Here comes See, Joe. Notary. I guess the phone doesn't work. Now he's going to have that, like, psychic experience when he knows that Vicky's uh, in trouble. There's Job checking him out. Right, so Vicky's like a mile away, and Kitty Knees is right behind him. And then he's going to say, I have to go a mile. Oh, and there's the kid I need. Let's go. 
No, it doesn't. It, it isn't time for the kid. Are they really defaced like town hall? They had three years of fucking around. Right, that's right. What else are you going to do as a kid? Well, I mean, they must have oil paint other than crayons for the face of games they have. So Linda's like, I mean, uh, Vicky's Vicky. like, what are you drawing? I drew you. Let me see. And then she goes, what is this? You know, she's like scared by the picture or, or disgusted maybe. But we as an audience should see it now before it happened. Like, look at that. Well, this is the first time they realize she's been drawing murder paintings. Oh, that's why there's murder paintings on the wall. <laughs> now I'm drawing I murder paintings. Oh, oh, they hear somebody. And it's Malachi and crew. I don't want to subscribe to Grit Magazine. <laughs> We've come to set you free. Okay, here he is. He's going to have his... Like he said to Linda, you're safe. It's a weird, but you're safe. Something like that. And then he's going to hear that over and over and go, he's in trouble. Run back. They really, these kids paint no false blood, gods in blood? No blood? Yeah. And they, they paint. use the blood of cops. These kids are sick. Yeah, they are. This guy would go on to have uh, other success, but he would never outlive his performance here. So scary. As a matter of fact, one time, Isaac freaked out a lady. Uh, they were in a restaurant with friends, and this lady, like, freaked out when she saw Isaac and ran out really? of the diner or the restaurant. That sounds and, like you and you were a kid. And then she came back in a little later and talked to the manager and said she wanted her seat moved, her, her and her girlfriends moved to another location where they couldn't see Isaac. Really? Now, just, that, you see the lamp she just, that there's lamp. No was, cord. There were there's no cord. Those were blanks. Oh, yeah, because there's no uh, cord attached to the wall. When she That's right. It. You're not going to have a loaded lamp thrown at a guy. Uh-oh. Good acting. She does a good job here, uh, the little girl. Oh, Linda Hamilton's feet. I'm not doing this movie anymore. Oh, the hell you are. That little girl would go on to become a psychologist and be a teacher in a college. She got a PhD. Nice. She was also on Full House, and she reprised that role on Fuller House. She was on a lot of stuff uh, as a little girl, and then she just said, I'm going to college. Right. Della Corner. Children of the Corn. So, Children of the Corn was like 84, now, and then the wait, sequel was 93. Did you see how we just saw the picture, though? Yeah, yeah, that's right, finally. Right, so that's the thing. They missed an opportunity there. They didn't show us as the audience with, like, creepy music, creepy music, like, she predicted it. I think it was a waste of opportunity. Now, this, we, this scene we learned, don't shake the baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to children actors, it's just... Oh, so is she dead? No, she's being sacrificed. It's midsummer all over again. Midsummer. Midsummer. Now he's learning, like, he who walks behind the corn is, like, angry at Malachi for killing the old man. And uh... Don't you recognize Malachi from Back to the Future? 
Yep, he was in it. Yep. He had like a Davy Crockett hat, beaver cap. See, he would never go on to do another role in which he was a big deal. He would go on to do roles like that. You know, he would be in films. Yeah, good for him. Last night I met a guy like that. Um, His his name was Lenny, and he, you know, he was in a bunch of movies, you know, but he was always like that. He is a working actor. You really don't know him, but you know him when you see him on screen. Right. That's what well, Malachi would go on to do. That's cool, because he has such a unique look as a kid. It's nice yeah. to see that. Scary looking. Not necessarily scary looking. Kind of looks like Fraggle from Hard Bodies. He was in Hard Bodies. He was? Yeah, He's I Fraggle. Can't... That's where I know this guy. He's Fraggle okay. from Hard Bodies. You remember I told you that I printed out uh, the cast and one piece? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's on that page. And we watched Hard Bodies too, which is famously not had nothing to do with the first one other than the characters of the first one. Uh, the second one is they're filming a teen sex comedy in Italy, and the name of the characters are the name of the characters from the first movie. Right. <laughs> and the actors kind of mix and match. You can't really tell what's real or not. But look but at this. So this is open yeah. for him like a door like Moses parting the Red Sea I must have put some budget in that and now it's going to close so the corn's saying you know he who walks behind the corn saying come on in buddy yeah gotcha. the Twin Peaks shit so he is off to find Vicky because he now realizes they took her oh in the in the field now, in – yeah, because he saw the picture, something we didn't get. They they waste an opportunity. But nonetheless, we – every time – every scene in a – okay, look. They were going – they were – you see how there's no cleavage there? They didn't have budget. So – Oh, right. So, they yeah, they had – Yeah, they didn't have cleavage. Don't you think, like, as an actor, though, to be tied up and crucified, like, this is pretty much like I, I would – I'd be like, I did it, you assholes. I hope you got it. I'm done. I don't know. You you often go there with like the the actors oppressed or something. No, you but know? I mean, you don't think it hurts being crucified? Yes, I do. But I think it's also a movie, and they probably aren't really hanging her there by you know what I mean. She's on a seat or something, you know. No, this is so out of the blue. Meanwhile, yeah, that's right. Meanwhile. Right, all the actions going on in the cornfield, but and remember, the the our Isaac's not there leading it. Rachel's leading it. It like kind of doesn't make sense that they would be separate, right? They're all together as a community, and it's his turn to get die right at nineteen years old. Right. Oh, so that's he's marking it in his own blood. Right. Exactly. One thing I noticed about this film is that. Knife knife wounds don't really hurt people all the time. Well, he you're right, because he's about to get stabbed by Rachel and he'll be fine for the rest of the movie. We do get to see not only this nineteen year old voice chest, but uh Peter Horton gets his shirt off a couple times. Yeah, the producer said if I took my shirt off, they'll put me in the movie. So you see the waitress? Yeah, she's the way. Maybe, maybe 
We never see the waitress's face. And remember, I was saying it's weird than an adult. Right. But also, the waitress looked like she was five feet tall. Right. So she goes, go get Isaac. And she goes, no, wait, go get Malachi. Because she knows I'm ki- she, Malachi. Yeah, Malachi kill. will kill him, yeah. Okay, I'll wait for Malachi. So, like, you know, uh, he's getting indignant now, saying, you idiots, you know. Oh, yeah. Rewriting the Bible one page at a time. It, yeah, nope. but it, they're still going to kill him. If I, I mean, he slams down the Bible. Bible pile. Oh, whoa! Whoa, Get whoa, back. whoa. Get back. No touching, no touching. These guys wow. all died pretty young. Oh. All died at 19. They're all Gen Xers. I guess they're well, old Gen Xers. Old, old. If you were born before JFK, then you're, you're a boomer. Right, that's for sure. But so these, yeah, you're a Gen Xer. I thought 66 was the cutoff, but I think you're right. It's 64. 64? Yeah, I mean, 66 makes more sense. Well, see, I'm 66, but I'm definitely Gen X. Right. So, okay, so he's stabbed, but he'll right. be fine. He's even fine right there. You see, sometimes he's got a bloodstained shirt, and sometimes he doesn't as he's running. Well, all you have to do, I learned this in the movies, if you get stabbed, is you pull the knife out. And then it'll be okay, yeah. It'll he, it'll close up. Yeah, like, it's not going to make it worse or, or going to cause more problems. That's sarcasm, what our lawyer is telling yeah. <laughs> Get the outlander! Oh, he tripped Ooh. up the Run! This time we're doing it with the bloodstained shirt. Go! Yeah, right. So this is nice this town vacated themselves for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Not even a plane in the sky, right? Right. Outlander! He's at Kirby's Market. Hey, mister, if you go into Kirby's, can you buy us some beer? You're right. We'll give you the money. We'll be right out here. Uh-oh. They got him now. It's There's a Star Trek episode like this. It looks like a Star Trek episode with the colors. Yeah. Outlander! There's this, there's this uh, Star Trek episode where there's a, like a virus and it kills you when you get to a certain age. So they come to this town that's like empty except for kids. And that was 1967, I think. So in uh in hard bodies, these three guys want to get laid. They find like a Lothario who convinces them, like, do what I do, and with this pad you guys are renting here by the beach, we'll have massive parties. And their buddy Frankel comes and hangs out and drinks beer and falls over the ledge. Like it was it's a great movie, it's a classic. Hard bodies. I yeah. will watch it. We see hard bodies it. too on this show, just right. because it's really awful. It's the my little sheet of movies. I recently saw that movie because my brother had a, a DVD of both movies. Oh, wow. That's a real difference, right? It's very double feature. But I mean, Hard Bodies 2 is just pales. Yeah, there's, there's none of this guy. There's no Mordecai in it. 
So now they're going to have like a standoff thing, but nobody dies. Oh no, I'm sure Mordecai has to get his come up wins later. Um, 11 films in the series. It spawned more sequels than any other Stephen King film, right. franchise <laughs> film, cult, a rap group with the name Children of the Corn. There's lots of places in music where Children of the Corn is referenced. I just, sure. What about all the kids from the band Corn? Right. Yeah. There's a Corn song. Let me see. Children of the Corn is a track on the 1998 Corn album, Follow the Leader. Um, is it Children of the Corn or is it Children of the Corn? Uh, it's with a K. Yeah, okay. And the final verse of Kendrick Lamar's 2001 song, Mad City. Kill them all if they gossip the children of the corn. They're realizing an option of living a lie. Drive the body with toxins. I don't know. It says children of the corn. And there's a bunch of them here. I think I got three more. I don't feel like reading them. Well, wait, I wrote a song. Ready? Okay. Uh, uh, before you were born, there was a movie, Children of the Corn. Their <laughs> hair is ragged. It's really short. Yes, it's children of the corn. What else rhymes with corn? Uh, they have their hair worn? needs to be short. Yeah, worn. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a warn. It's the children of the corn. <laughs> yeah, that's very short. I uh, thought you were going to do like your Christmas song. You're going, children, corn, children, corn, children, corn. Oh, Carl, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Mike. Yeah, You're the first I, I, one to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas this year. year. Yeah, uh, you've done it episode after episode, so it's not the first time I've been wished. But it's the you're the first person. I feel well. This were Christmas. Christmas. More people should be wishing you. I Thank wrote a Christmas you. carol for you. Oh, you wrote a Christmas carol? Yeah, How did it go? Christmas, 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 Christmas. So now Job has saved him from from the. You know, he took him down to his dad's bomb shelter. Nobody's gonna find you in here. Right, and so there's a first aid kit. I'll set you up. Right. Yeah, it's like John Wick's doctor shows up all the time. <laughs> isn't, isn't it funny? Like, there's always, she like, has no cleavage there. She has no cleavage. That's they, they didn't have the budget. budget. No right. budget. They had to give it to. To whom? In this Stephen movie. King. Oh, he got the movies? Stephen King is out. Wait, I think Night Shift also trucks the uh, Turn Into Maximum Overdrive. Real stories from that. Uh-huh. Because you say, like, man, they're taking a short story and they're dragging it out into a movie. But they do that all the time for Stephen King. I mean, that book alone had, like, several movies. Right. The, anything with Stephen King's name on it at a certain point, I guess after The Shining, was just like, okay, this is gold. We'll yeah, option children, you a book. Children of the Corn kind of turned that gold into, like, like cheese. Like. <laughs> Right, because at that point, it's like, turning... you don't need Stanley Kubrick. You don't need Stanley Kubrick to direct your movie. You could just fucking do it. You don't need Stephen King to write it, apparently, either. Yeah, right. Okay, so right now, as a matter of fact, Hound Roach tried to get it that um, uh, the writer wasn't credited. It was just written by Stephen King. He lost that argument. Huh. So now uh, Isaac, who's always shaming Malachi, Malachi's turning it on him, and everyone's against Isaac now, and they're even going to crucify him. Look at that. The kid's like an expert in, like, first aid. 
every gunslinger, there's a woman in town who knows how to heal his wounds before the final battle. Right. In this case, it's a six-year-old girl. <laughs> I think you might have nailed it six. Six or seven. She could be... You nailed it. So there's no cleavage in this movie, but we see Peter Horton without his shirt, and the guy's pretty sexy. And we saw that 19-year-old. We saw some uh-huh. I didn't that's, think he was very beefcakey, right? You could see his he, uh, clavicles. Kind of, and... Yeah, but he's like this hairy guy and uh, with a nice build, and he's cutting a, a Satan uh, tentacle. Now, listen, in a movie, every scene flows from one to the other. That is broken here. He goes like, come out, Outlander, or we're going to kill your woman, right? But he is in the bomb shelter, doesn't hear it at all. And right. then they just take her right back to the cornfield again. So the well, scene is pointless. Well, there's two things about this scene. One, he cuts her really deeply and then puts his hand on the wound. But no one really gets hurt with these. These these cuts are like fast and loose. Right. And, yeah. That won't be a scar. Also, did you notice when they were driving away from the gas mechanic, he's like, what? What's that whispering? What's that noise? Yeah. And meanwhile, they're like, damn it, we just drove another 15 minutes and uh, we're still lost. And they cut back to him. It's like two seconds have passed. What is that yeah, noise? That's right. That was very badly done. I gotta get my shirt back on. Blood is well, a decorative. He is decorative. going to go to the cornfield to find Vicky. See what I'm saying, though? The right, whole Vicky's point, in town. Listen, if you're in a movie and you're screaming out, trying to lure a guy out, one scene needs to lead to the other. That has to lead to a scene in which. He gets the better of them, or he does come out, or but they didn't do that. They just said, "All right, he's not here. Let's bring her back to the cornfield." It didn't make any sense. Look at this guy; he's like no big deal. Yeah, look, kind of, he's taking him a little right now. Maybe you're right. They got Mordecai up there. Oh no, Isaac up there. He returns on six six six. Yeah, and he even co-wrote it with his cousin. Oh, it takes five sequels, uh, four sequels to, to catch up. Yeah, finally works. Let's see here. I don't have them all. Children of the Corn is 84, of course. Children of the Corn 2, the final sacrifice in 92. Right, that's crazy. That's so much time has passed. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest in 95. Urban, okay. 2009, a TV remake of the original film aired on Sci-Fi. Fox, October 23, 2022, no, 2020, a prequel to the 1984 film wow. and the 11th overall entry titled Children of the Corn 2020. Never heard of it. There was a company called Dimension Films, and they bought the rights to the name of Children of the Corn, and that's it. They made all those sequels. Are you talking about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein's brother's uh, production I house. don't know. I, I don't know. Because there was Miramax, and then they had, like, a B-movie company. That, uh, Dimension Films? Dimension then, Films, then yeah. yeah. So, Bob, Building Bob the Bob Corn Bob. 1 and 2 came out, and then they bought it, and they made, you know, nine more. He thinks his wife is being about to be torched up in the crucifixion, but it's actually Mordecai. So he's going to go over there, like, unhand my wife. And they're like, yeah, Mordecai had your wife in town hall about 10, 10 hours ago. Now, you see that machine there? Yeah. That's an irrigation machine. It pumps water into the field. 
Oh, yeah, I said that in the first one. Okay, so just remember that because we're going to be back to this irrigation machine. But it is going to be water. Uh, oh, it's corn alcohol. Right, ethanol. Corn ethanol. Yeah. So, hey, guys, I thought this was about me. I'm the one who carved this pentagram. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He stole his thunder. He stole his glory. But he still has his chest out. Like, it's just nicely gratuitous. I think you're right. At first, I was like, oh, Mike's doing it again. Just getting it. But no, they obviously, they got him as beefcake. Yeah. Goes to all the camping All right, I got to take a leak. I'll now be look, back. Right there, you see oh, that Oh, there thing? it is. It's the Boy Scouts. That, yeah, that underneath is a trench. What they have there is it's like they took a wheelbarrow and flipped it upside down and then took off the wheels and put them on the bottom. Oh. And then they push it with – it's on, like, tracks. But the Boy Scouts dug a trench, and they put, like, train tracks down there. And so they're pushing it along. And they also sort of like stuck dirt on it like a mound and like glued it on or something. So it's so, not Bugs Bunny getting lost on his way to Albuquerque. Right. But it sure looks like it, right? Yeah, it does. It looks like this like that gopher from uh, Kaishek. Uh-oh. The super red. This is like the cheapest special effects they got. That's right. And that, is, again, is uh, because – they had like one point something million dollars, and then Stephen King took his cut, and they had eight hundred fifty dollars, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars left. See Whoa. how they, bump? yeah, they made it pop up into the air. It's kind of nonsensical. Well, you know, popcorn. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, look, he stage Vicky, and he's fucking up Malachi. Punches a kid that he like. You guys have show some shame. I'm an adult here, and. Now what he starts doing is, like, talking sense to them. He's like, you think this is God? I mean, God doesn't, you know, any religion that doesn't have love in it, right, it's false. They're God's all holding weapons. Getting scammed. All these kids, like, they've never seen, like, a weapon before. Like what, you mean the way they don't charge them? Yeah, they just hold it, like. Those are a bunch of uh, Iowa locals. So yeah. he's he's starting to make sense to them. Like, this isn't a real religion. Think about it. They're telling you to kill people. Something's amiss here. Something's afoot. But he doesn't say it like it's a uh, demon. Right. So look, Malachi tries to get tough, and it's working. But then he overcomes Malachi. And nobody's helping Malachi. Like, things are going right. to flip now. Nothing they didn't know who to believe. Right. They're really fighting. It's a good fight. That was fake. Wow, that was fake. So Bow! what's my motivation? Feel what this wind. Just, Feel this wind. Just imagine Mordecai's your son. All right, and let's do it. Roll. I'm Mordecai's dad getting offended on the side of the thing. You're hitting my kid. You're Mike, my you're kid. crazy. You're crazy. This is a film. Oh, no. I mean, like, you got a good chance. Uh... Now, look, he doesn't kill Malachi, and everyone's like, oh, you need to do that on purpose. 
You just you're like, yeah, I did you that did? on purpose. Just yeah, did. no, I, I, I meant to miss I meant on purpose. To do that. Yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. Who throws a fucking knife at him with the intention to miss? Right? You know, there's always a chance you're going to hit. In the trailer oh. for this movie, the first trailer, they misspelled Stephen King's name. Okay, here was supposed to be a bunch of special effects, and you see his skull, but they didn't have the budget. They just put out like. Yeah, so they just did that. Also, he's supposed to behead Malachi and drag him by his feet into the corn, but they just couldn't afford it. So he just chokes him to death. Breaks his collarbone. Yeah, they cheaped out, but we didn't notice because we didn't know. Stephen yeah. King was at the at the theater going, oh, oh, oh. Right, he's he's lighting cigars with hundred dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well he, he directed you, Maxim- Malachi. Maximum Overdrive was shortly thereafter. It was you know, it went from like Carrie, Brian De Palma, it went to like 80 to Shining, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, there's Salem's Lot. There's right. like all these, there's Creep Show where he worked with George Romero and he showed up at Night Riders, George Romero. Like there was like some kind of prestige to his films. And then there was a certain point where it was like, whatever. Right. And then like Pet Cemetery brought it back for two seconds. It was yeah, more was of quality, but that was just lucky. Um, it, was a good, it, was a, it was well directed that movie. But yeah, you're right. Like the. You know, Stephen King, like, he, he either... He just he became a money his, machine. He remakes his own stuff. I'm making my own Shining. Fuck you guys. <laughs> or uh, none of the stories are interesting, or they just keep cranking them out. I don't know. I guess uh, the, the moment has passed, but it was a big deal. Yes. It was a huge industry of his time. Okay, so now they're figuring out that what the preacher was going to do, he, was, he, he reads a quote from Revelation, like, way back in 83. When it first happened, the preacher was reading a quote, and they realize it's like the lake of fire. So they're going to burn the cornfield. That's what the guy was going to do, they figure out. So they'll do it, too. And now I think they should use the movie part, and it's lit with the lighter that was gifted to him. Yeah, right. He's going to burn it down with the lighter he got. But he doesn't. He does a Malatoff cocktail. Now, he does light it with the lighter, but there's no pomp and ceremony to it. Nobody knows, you know, you miss that it's the lighter he was gifted. Well, that's good. It's subtle filmmaking. Very Mike, subtle. You're crazy. Like, you're crazy. You just want to contradict me. That's it's good. good. I, it's, it's good. good. Subtle it's good. Yeah. It's good that's that right. nobody saw the lighter was the gift. It's good that nobody it's good saw they the spent picture. 10 minutes. It's good that no one found the irony of a doctor having a cigarette right. lighter that says I'm a doctor. You should just be bored. Because you don't put a guy on a crucifix, health. he could get hurt. So just have a boring film at which everybody stands. Safely. No, it looked like they did a fine job making sure she wasn't going to die. Oh, there's the <laughs> Asinol. Right. This is Asinol. And if you've ever lit your fart on fire before, you know that Asinol is very explosive. <laughs> it could burn your jeans. You're singeing your hair. Okay. First, they got to find the right connector. Hurry up. The wind is blowing. The wind yeah. is blowing. So what's happening is the demon's like now mad at everybody. You know, this guy came along and turned them all against him. So he's going to like have his wrath and pretty much kill everybody. So instead, so he goes, give me a rag. And he rips up and she, he goes, hey, 
that's not a rag. You're so mad that they yeah, ripped yeah. his jacket. That was his clean zip vest in the beginning right. of the movie. Like three and years for ago. the rest of the film, he'll leave it on. Just one arm. So silly. Like Flintstones. Like so when they, when they killed all the parents, they just said, fuck it. They, they dressed up, and he still returns to those clothes. Yep. But they were, they, they were dressing up? So they're taking the, the line of ethanol, of acinol, to the irrigation machine. So instead of water, it's going to squirt acinol all over the cornfield. Oh, man, Carrie Grant should have done that notes on that quest. It would have saved the season. Now, look. Oh, no, look. The corn comes alive. It is supernatural after all. Right, and this is the only time anything like this will happen in the film. That happens so many times in this film. One-trick ponies. But they're doing the Evil Dead, too, where all the, all the things go wrong. Now, who should save him? But Job comes along and, like, sickles him out. Oh, good thing I have my Boy Scout knife. Right. Yeah, he doesn't sickle him out. It's like, pocket knifes him out. But it's very effective. Job has saved him. So now Job becomes, with his one vest over his shoulder, he becomes his little partner. Right. Oh, yeah. Little uh, adventure boy. Okay. This film's budget was originally $1.3 million, but according to the director, Stephen King demanded more payment in advance half a million dollars. So that brought them down to $800 million. But they would go on to make 14.6. Right. Enough for it to, to last. Well, it's a cultural icon, right? There's always a short, short, uh, shorthand in these equivalent performances. Yeah. So now the kid knows how to work it because it was his father's stuff. So he's telling him how to do it. Hit the button on the top. Crank it. Crank okay. it, you dumb adult. And then take me out for a milkshake. Right. Here comes the demon. Oh, my God. What the hell is that? It's like they're painting on the cell of the movie. Right. That's right. They just had regular smoke, but they highlighted it with orange, and it was just painted on. Right. Here we go. Here comes the acinols flowing. Corn has many different purposes. It's not just eating. You can right. use it to burn shit. Get burned. Oh, before oh, no. he gets us, we're going to get him. Throw he the flip like... off cocktail. All right, light it with your lighter. Right. It will be the gifted lighter. But he should light the whole thing and say, honey, thank you for my gift. And then light the whole thing with this lighter. They call me Dr. Arson. Right. Okay, so he lights the Molotov cocktail. He throws it, but he misthrows it. And Job says, you idiot! You idiot! Adults! So Job runs out there to go get it. No, oh. don't! Why? You already fucked it up, did you? Oh! Uh, Bugs Bunny. Look how good it is. I know. It's kind of it's a nice approach because this whole time it's like, well, these kids are psycho. They're, they're crazy. There's a preacher, a kid preacher, and and then it's like, yeah, and there's supernatural elements. And but there is like, a demon. It's Yeah, it's kind of weird because the demon is more than – they're making him a, like a physical thing all of a sudden. Remember how before he, they, he controlled dreams and right. he 
Okay, so throw it, you dumb adults! So he throws it, and this time it hits, and everything burns. Wow. That's kind of fun to see. Don't you think it would have been better if he, like, missed the Molotov cocktail just like that? So he used his lighter. He risked his life to go where the gas was and... Sparks. Thank you for my gift, Bert. No, Bert. I'm pretending to be scared. I'm acting I'm scared, adult. Look, she did never get lighter. The the wound is healed up. The face long straight. Now you see there her, her cleavage. Uh-huh. They didn't have enough budget to give so her. So they couldn't afford to uh, a cleavage. Because Stephen King took a lar- half a million dollars out of her cleavage. Okay. This it's ending now. All right, it, it, this will kill you. the demon. I don't know why. Fire I don't believe you. <laughs> this pretty movie busy. never ends. It's eleven sequels. This movie won't end. So I guess like the cornfield was the source of the evil. Look, it's it's, it's oh yeah, it's they're painting expelled. itself. Yeah. Oh, there's his face. I'm cranky. Now he goes down to hell. You've beaten him. God. They do that special effect at the end of the movie, so you can't ask for a refund. Now, when the movie ended, the director said, no, no, it's not good enough. We need one more scare, one more scare. And that's how this scene was born, never written by either Stephen King or Goldman. There's a dead body in the trunk. They forgot all about it. They're not even going to mention it in this scene. There's shit in their trunk, and they're like, we're going to start the car anyway, right? No, they're like, well, our car's all fucked up. We're going to have to walk. So then he's like, get the map. So he goes in there to get the map. Now, I expected, well, I'll just wait a couple seconds. Yeah. Oh, this movie's not going to end. You (laughs) could go ahead. All right. There's going to be another scare. And then it's like, we're going to walk 20 miles to Herberbergsburg. And what do we do with the kids? They're like, I guess we'll keep them for now. They're like, we'll keep them for a day. No, we'll keep uh, them for a week. These kids are so cute. They just went through the biggest trauma in my lifetime. Right. Like, yeah. Everything's fine with just one jacket. One jacket, yeah. Best. So he's like, I expected the film to go, listen, why don't we just keep them forever? If you'll marry me, you know, that would have been a nice wrap up to the film. But no. She says, if you give up being your dreams of being a doctor. Oh, it's Rebecca. Last scare with the sickle, just like Ooh, the poster. Children explain the poster. Oh. And she misses after all that. He went in the car to, to get some Tic Tacs, right? Oh, out cold. That's all it's a map. They did have, a, they had big red Wrigley's gum. <laughs> Gotta be a long walk. We better get some Wrigley's. Well, this is like we have two minutes before this movie ends. Just hit her with a car door, and she'll go. She'll pass out immediately. Right. The end. There's no music playing, by the way. Their oh, music just will play. credits. At first, they start the credits without music. It's weird. Okay, great. The end. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I think it was okay for the budget they had. I think that. I think that they did a lot of weird things, though. I don't know. I didn't hate it. And I saw it as a kid, and he goes, they want 
he wants you, Malachi. I was freaked out. I guess as a high schooler, but that really scared me. Yeah, I mean, this movie is a. I mean, I've heard so much about it. It was fine. It was a lot of stuff crammed in there. Yeah. I don't know. It was uh, for for a story published in the 1977 Hustler. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our Stephen King adaptation movie. Uh, probably the first for us after five years of doing I this. I think yes. Yeah. And uh, there's maybe we could do Children of the Corn two, and Children of the Corn three, Children of the Corn four, Children of the Corn five, Mike, Children of the Corn six six six. Mike, don't six six six. Oh my God! Not Children of the Corn. We're done with this franchise. All right, no more Children of the Corn. But we will be back next Sunday here on Mimi Radio. We'll be airing first at two p.m. on Sunday. Make a habit of it. Check out what's really happening before us at noon. Next week, we'll be posting this on YouTube. We'll be posting this uh, as a podcast. And we'll be back next week. Next week's movie, Carl. Yes. Running Out of Luck from 1987. Out of Luck. Another mm-hmm. 80s movie. Is there a trailer? Yeah, I believe so. Let me go ahead and uh, check here. Where's my phone here? Where's my PlayStation controller? Okay, so Running Out of Luck. The less I say about it, the better. That's all I'm going to say. I'm trying not to say anything about this. Trailer, Running Out of Luck, 1987. It's Mick Jagger! Oh, Oh. did I mention that? No, I guess I didn't. Um, Okay, there's English-German trailer. Oh, well, you know German, right? So you could help us? In in college, I took two years of German. I do not know German. I always okay, thought so your family spoke German. My father, years. when my father was in his 40s, he discovered that he was German. So he learned, you know, like he, he always knew he's German, but he finally cared. Uh, and so he started learning German, and he did become fluent. Okay, so it's two hours and six minutes, Mike. No. No, it's not. It's an hour and a half. Okay. So we're going to use VHS Trailer Park. Okay, I got to get to it. Oh, I see it, right. Okay, so we're going to watch the trailer. I'm going to blast it as loud as I can. This is Mick Jagger in Running Out of Time. Uh, running out, running of out, luck. out of Luck. Running Out of Luck. Trailer, and then parentheses, 1987 English. Trailer, VHS Trailer Park. Is our is, channel. Is our channel. Uh, let's do the countdown in three, two, one. Go. Oh, I have a second. Time. I'm Matt McChannon. Uh, Mickey. Mickey Oh, Oh. Tommy Charles' daughter. It's German. <laughs> Ja, Frau Nelle und Casinos. Was ist denn heute? Niemand glaubt ihm, dass er Mick Jagger ist. 
Das ist nur Ausschnitt mir. Oh yeah, you don't have to watch it four times. Yeah, let's do the switcheroo. All right, I'm happy to. No, no, that's not going to serve our audience well. This is Running Out of Luck with Mick Jagger. It's directed by the great Julian Temple. This is probably not in the great category, but uh, it, it went directly. To, it, it, it popped up a few years ago, and actually KQED had a great article about it uh, from 2017. So this is kind of a rediscovered cult movie. It went straight to video. It's a full-length movie with Mick Jagger playing himself, and we'll be watching that next week with you. Carl, thank you so much uh, for researching, watching Children uh, of the Corn for four times, doing all the research and writing the music and producing the community uh, countdown. Uh, it's just fantastic. Gracias. Yeah. Uh, gracias. And with gracias to our audience for being here and for subscribing and maybe even giving money to Media Radio, but we love when you subscribe and not listen. We just love the numbers. So keep it up. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So we'll see you then. Bye. Going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around.
started them this is the found round sound show happy halloween for halloween that year the year my sister was two i dressed up as the headless horseman before i'd only ever been ghosts and fat ladies both of which were easy all you needed was a sheet and a lot of talcum powder, or a dress and a hat and some padding. But this year would be the last one I'd ever be able to disguise myself, or so I believed. I was getting too old for it. I was almost finished with being 13, and so I felt the urge to make a special effort. Halloween was my best holiday. Why did I like it so much? Perhaps because I could take time off from being myself, or from the impersonation of myself I was finding it increasingly expedient, but also increasingly burdensome, to perform in public. I got the Headless Horseman idea from a story we'd read in school. In the story, the Headless Horseman was a grisly legend and also a joke, and that was the effect I was aiming for. I thought everyone would be familiar with this figure. If I'd studied a thing in school, I assumed it was general knowledge. I hadn't yet discovered that I lived in a sort of transparent balloon drifting over the world without making much contact with it, and that the people I knew appeared to me at a different angle from the one at which they appeared to themselves and that the reverse was also true. I was smaller to others up there in my balloon than I was to myself. I was also blurrier. I had an image of how the headless horseman was supposed to look. He was said to ride around at night with nothing on top of his shoulders but a neck, his head held in one arm, the eyes fixing the horrified viewer in a ghastly glare. I made the head out of paper mache using strips of newspaper soaked in a flour and water paste I cooked myself, as per the instructions in the Rainy Day Book of Hobbies. Earlier in my life, long ago, at least two years ago, I'd had a wistful desire to make all the things suggested in this book. Animals twisted out of pipe cleaners, balsa wood boats that would whiz around when you drop cooking oil into a hole in the middle, and a tractor thing put together out of an empty thread spool, two matchsticks, and a rubber band. But somehow I could never find the right materials in our house. Cooking up paste glue was simple, however. All you needed was flour and water. Then you simmered and stirred until the paste was translucent. The lumps didn't matter. You could squeeze them out later. The glue got quite hard when it was dry, and I realized the next morning that I should have filled the pot with water after using it. My mother always said, a good cook does her own dishes. But then, I reflected, glue was not real cooking. The head came out too square. I squashed it at the top to make it more like a head, then left it down by the furnace to dry. The drying took longer than I'd planned, and during the process, the nose shrank 
and the head began to smell funny. I could see that I should have spent more time on the chin, but it was too late to add on to it. When the head was dry enough, at least on the outside, I painted it what I hoped was a flesh color, a wishy-washy bathrobe pink, and then I painted two very white eyeballs with black pupils. The eyes came out a little crossed, but it couldn't be helped. I didn't want to make the eyeballs gray by fooling around with the black pupils on the damp white paint. I added dark circles under the eyes and black eyebrows and black enamel hair that appeared to have been slicked down with brilliantine. I painted a red mouth with a trickle of shiny enamel blood coming down from one corner. I've taken care to put a neck stub on the bottom of the head, and I painted this red, for where the head had been severed, with a white circle in the middle of the bottom part for the neck bone. The body of the horseman took some thought. I made a cape out of a piece of black fabric left over from a now obsolete puppet stage of mine, gathering it at the neck end, designed to sit on top of my head, and sewing buttons down the front, and cutting two inconspicuous holes at eye level so I'd be able to see out. I borrowed my mother's jodhpurs and riding boots, left over from before she was married. She hadn't ridden a horse since her wedding day, she was in the habit of saying, proudly or regretfully. Probably it was both. But I didn't pay much attention to my mother's tone of voice then. I had to tune it out in order to charge full speed ahead with what I myself was doing. The riding boots were too big, but I made up for that with hockey socks. I safety pinned the jodhpurs around the waist to keep them from falling down. I got hold of some black winter gloves and improvised a horse whip out of a stick and a piece of leather I'd scrounged from the box of archery materials. Archery had once been popular with my father and then with my brother, but my father had given it up and the box had been abandoned in the trunk room in the cellar, now that my brother had to study so much. I tried on the entire outfit in front of my mirror, with the head held in the crook of my arm. I could scarcely see myself through the eye holes, but the dark shape looming in the glass, with two sinister eyeballs staring out balefully from somewhere near the elbow, looked pretty good to me. On the night itself, I groped my way out the door and joined my best friend of the moment, whose name was Annie. Annie had done herself up as Raggedy Ann, complete with a wig of red wool braids. We'd taken flashlights, but Annie had to hold my arm to guide me through the darker patches of the night, which were numerous in the badly lit suburb we were traversing. I should have made the eye holes bigger. We went from door to door shouting, Shell out! Shell out! And collecting popcorn balls and candy apples and licorice twists and the Halloween toffees wrapped in, in orange and black waxed paper with designs of pumpkins and bats on them, of which I was especially fond. I loved the sensation of prowling abroad in the darkness, of being unseen, unknown, potentially terrifying, though all the time retaining underneath my own harmless, mundane, and dutiful self. There was a full moon, I think, 
There ought to have been one. The air was crisp. There were fallen leaves. Jack-o'-lanterns burned on the porches, giving off the exciting odor of singed pumpkin. Everything was as I'd imagined it beforehand, though already I felt it slipping away from me. I was too old. That was the problem. Halloween was for little children. I'd grown beyond it. I was looking down on it from my balloon. Now that I'd arrived at the moment I'd planned for, I couldn't remember why I'd gone to all that trouble. I was disappointed, too, at the response of the adults who answered the doors. Everyone knew who my friend Annie was portraying. Raggedy Annie, they cried with delight. They even got the pun. But to me, they said, And who were you supposed to be? My cape had a muffling effect, so I often had to repeat the answer twice. The Headless Horseman. The Headless what? Then, what's that you're holding? They would go on to say. It's the head of the Headless Horseman. Oh, yes, I see. The head would then be admired, though in the overdone way adults had of admiring a thing when they secretly thought it was inept and laughable. It didn't occur to me that if I'd wanted my costume to be understood immediately, I should have chosen something more obvious. However, there was one member of the audience who'd been suitably impressed. It was my little sister, who hadn't yet gone to bed when I'd made my way through the living room en route to the door. She'd taken one look at the shambling black torso and the big boots and the shiny-haired, frowning, bodiless head and had begun to scream. She'd screamed and screamed and hadn't been reassured when I'd lifted up the cape to show that it was really only me underneath.
Sorry.
You've just had a heavy session of electroshock therapy, and you're more relaxed than you've been in weeks. All those childhood traumas magically wiped away, along with most of your personality. Now is the time, time for Spud. Spud! Filled with the full, rich flavor of potatoes. Spud, the beer brewed for people who can't taste the difference. When you say Spud, just put your mind on hold. You wash your toes and open a cold, refreshing Spud. Just watch your life go by, no need to try, when you've got Spud.